0: This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very, very happy that you are here with us today as we begin another podcast. We are doing... What are we doing this week, Dad?
1: Uh, We're doing Hefeweizens. That's Uh a real special kind of beer.
0: That's right. we got a beer week going on and we have Hefeweizens or Heffies going on. So, Dad, what are you doing as your Hefeweizen and your snack?
1: I have Koenig Ludwig Westbier, which is from Germany. Okay, cool. What are your snacks to go along with it? So I have a mustard-type pretzel, I have pad thai, and I have brats with caramelized onions.
0: Very cool. And the brats, is there something special about the brats, or are you going to wait till your turn to talk about that?
1: I'll talk about that later. Okay,
0: cool. Awesome. What do you have, Josh? So my beer this week is the Hoffbra House Hefeweizen, and my pairings are, I did brats as well, but I have bacon cheddar brats, I have some burrata with speck, and mm. I have voodoo chips and a tuxedo cake. Now, I have four this week. We're trying to stick to three, but the chips felt like a little, a little too easy, so I went ahead and added the cake in there. Well, and we're
1: still thinking about New Orleans. Yep. those are zap chips and that's yep. out of the new orleans area so we're hoping they get to get some power down there but it's gonna be a while
0: yeah and i know you know as it it's beer week we're thinking about all the breweries down there like mm-hmm. nola brewing and and all the others down there who've been hit really hard and i
1: don't know about turbo dog but they probably got well, it too.
0: i'm sure abita got hit hit pretty good so you know be be nice be kind to your local breweries and if you're in the louis louisiana area you know once they get open back up get out there and support them cuz you know as everybody needs your support but also we're big on the and as local always breweries.
1: tip your waitress well uh,
0: yes tip your wait- yeah make sure you're you're a good tipper cuz that'll that'll make sure you're a, a good patron for them but anyway We are heading into beers this week, but before we do that, we have to reveal the blind from last week.
1: We were doing wines last week, so I blinded you on a wine. It was a red wine. You said it was old school. Ding, ding, ding. Old world. Old world, yeah. Old school. (laughs) Uh, It was old world. Ding, 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 ding. And then you had some different... Uh, different grapes, Nipparello and Neb- I said it could be a nebbiolo, or a ganache. I said it could be a sangiovese. And I asked you, could it possibly be... What did I say, Josh?
0: Well, after I said, I think it's a Barbaresco, a nebbiolo-based, then you asked me, could it be a Chianti? And so I went ahead and switched my answer to be a Chianti. So, Dad, what,
1: what was it? It was a burgundy. Like. No, no, it was a Chianti. I'm <laughs> sorry. At one point, you said, "Dad, if this is a Burgundy, a Bordeaux, a, a Bordeaux, I'm gonna." Uh. But no, it was not a Bordeaux. It was a Chianti from it, Italy. It
0: was a good little Chianti Classico. It was the Rufino Chianti Classico from from the Classico region of Chianti. So it was really good. But All right. I think I'm gonna get you this week. I think I'm, I think oh, I think man. I've got you this week with the uh, blind. You, it's gonna be real weak. fun.
1: Here we go. Now I'm wearing the whole episode.
0: (laughs) No need to, because we've got some great stuff. We're going to go ahead and start with mine this week. And like I said, I have the Hofbrahaus, Hofbrau Hefeweizen, and my snacks to go with it. I have some bacon and cheese brats. I have some burrata with speck. I have some zap. Voodoo potato chips, and then I have a tuxedo cake from a local cake maker here called Blue Cake Company. Oh, right. So let's yeah. go ahead and dig in. So a little, Dad, while you're kind of getting into the beer, I'll give you a little bit of history of oh, Hofbrauhaus. Okay. So you know, wait, Wilhelm the Fifth, right? Oh yes, of Bavaria. Absolutely. He's he was the Archduke. Yeah, I got I mean, the same story. Yeah. He's he's super important, right? Right. Well, he didn't like the beer that was being made in his hometown. So you know what he did?
1: He decided he was going to open a brewery.
0: Yeah, and you know what brewery he opened?
1: The Hofhaus. Hofbrauhaus. Hofbrauhaus. Yeah,
0: because the Hof, so Hof is kind of the the German term for Duke, yeah. and Bruhaus is brewery, so it's the yeah. Ducal, it's the Ducal's Brewery, yeah. and it started way back in
1: 1589. Right. And then. Josh, I have a question. Yeah. I got all these snacks on my plate. Yeah. Is there a special order we're going on? I think I would stick, start with the cake. I would oh, wait.
0: well you can start with what with whatever you want. I well, would I remember like to last finish. week we had to start with <laughs> the dessert because it was melting. <laughs> yeah, we had to. I did not make those very well. Well um so I would do I would kind of go with the chips first yeah. and then maybe the sausage and then go to the, the cheese. Yeah. Okay. And then finish off with the cake. All right. All right. So um Like I was saying, you know, the Hofbrauhaus is actually the the Ducal's Brewery. So, Wilhelm, who put out all the the wonderful Bavarian beer laws to standardize his beer, decided, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and get into the game, and we're going to make it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, that's the Hofbrauhaus original,
1: was the first thing that they brewed. Now, for those of you that don't know about the German Bavarian security laws, so Pure, what they're, they're cult- purity, purity law. yeah, call it purity. There can only be three things in a beer. You remember what they are, Josh? Water, ding, mm-hmm. malt, or and hot. barley. Barley, well, malted barley, mm-hmm. and hops. So what's missing? There's one that's really important: wheat, yeast. Well, and well,
0: that's because they didn't know about this, this. Was, was all fifteen
1: st- six. 1516 or
0: something like 15, that. Oh yeah, 1580. It was the 1580s, I think. Okay. The purity laws may have been around a little bit longer, but Wilhelm V that I was talking about was 15, opened the brewery in 1589. And it was what it was is, was to standardize beer making and to make sure that beer was actually good. Mm-hmm. Good for you to drink and not just, you know, like we had some of the gut rot bathtub gin or wood, you know, wood grain alcohol that happened in the Prohibition here in the United States.
1: Well, and they didn't want any adjuncts. You know, there's a lot of beers that we drink that have adjuncts, like a fruited beer or something that has wheat beers. Well, so I was doing the same research you were because it says, when I read the purity law, it said water, barley, and hops. And then it made me think, wait a minute, we're getting German beers. What makes wheat? barley. Well, it is grain. So, I don't know if that was a footnote
0: or what. Well, I think later on, you know, cuz as as they're going on in the 16 in the 1600s when Wil, Wilhelm's son Maximus took over the dukeship, that's when Hofbräu started making a a spear or a a Vison. And that was when they started adding the wheat into it and it may have just been that back then he was they were looking at the the crops that they were growing Mm -hmm. and the beers that were normally being made and you and wheat may not have been widely planted so they
1: were just using the barley which was probably more widely planted but you can take wheat and make it into flour just like you can barley and so if they but one thing the listeners need to realize these are not gluten free. Well, of course not. They have
0: wheat in them. <laughs> yeah. And barley. Well, and so the thing is is wheat doesn't produce as much sugar. Like when you when you roast it and you dry it, kinda like you do barley, it doesn't it doesn't add a whole lot of sugar. And so you have to have that sugar in there for the ferment for the alcohol to ferment. And that's why Wheat beers or vice beers or visins. yeah. Or visin Weis- beer are all usually lower in alcohol than other beers that are made with full barley or other things mm-hmm. going on because they have to be at least 50% wheat. And with that, it's going to bring down the alcohol. Now, mine is 5.1. Yeah, mine's five one, and yours is what 5.5? Five five five? Five. Yeah, so these are all going to be kind of lower in the alcohol game. And if we think about the American wheat beers that we have in the United States, they're all a little bit lower in alcohol. Mm-hmm. They're around the five six area. Mm-hmm. Budweiser, mm-hmm. I mean, but it's technically a lager. So that's kind of well. See, Budweiser as adjunct. Well, they have right. Yeah, they yeah, have they rice, rice in there. In. But they're also a. They're also a lager, right? Not an ale like these are. These are mm-hmm. all. Uh, Weiss beers, Weizen beers, and Hefeweizens, and a lot of other wheat beers are all ales, so they're all top
1: top fermented. Well, I, I get a lot of sweetness on the nose.
0: Okay, so what kind of sweetness? When you say sweetness, are we talking like honey sweetness? Are we talking sugar sweetness? Are we talking? Yeah, I don't fruit think it, sweetness? you know it's
1: like you just said. It, there's no fruit in here, and so I think if based on what you just said, honey, fruit. Or just the wheat. Or sugar. I'm getting getting a wheat sugar
0: sweetness. Okay. So you're not getting any kind of fruit sweetness in the smell.
1: I'm not. Are you? I do. Okay. What'd you get? So
0: I get a little bit of banana. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. So there's your fruit sweetness that you're smelling. Okay. That's right. And that's probably from the yeast that they use. Right. Because so what, so everything we've been talking about so far with how beer is made with 50% Wheat with the malted barley, not a whole lot of hops going on. That's all wheat beers. Now, a Hefeweizen is a special, like a subcategory of wheat beers that uses a particular type of yeast or extra yeast. Because Hefe or heffa means yeast in German. Mm-hmm. So, if we kind of break apart the word phonetically, Hefeweizen, we have a yeasted wheat beer or yeasted white beer. Mm-hmm. And the white beer is what is what's talked about when I, when we're talking about these wheat beers because rather than roasting the malt and drying it over fire, they actually let it air dry so it stays white. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we get that from. And so they use they use a but both of these beers
1: are not white. No, they're but, more of a straw color.
0: But if you put this next to a De- dunkel,
1: would definitely, which are the dark beers, but they both have a very white colored head. Right, but they're dark enough that you, uh, you might could read through it.
0: <laughs> well, and that's that's more of the process of uh, finding and filtering. But mm-hmm. so on the nose, you kind of get that. You kind of get that mm-hmm. banana. I get kind of like a banana bread. Okay, on most half of I so I get that banana, I get that mm-hmm. clove, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of roastiness.
1: Clove definitely that
0: goes along with it, and you, you know this party. is a cl- this is a cloudy beer. Mm-hmm. This beer is not clear mm-hmm. because they're not filtered right or they're usually but sometimes they're bottled condition Mm -hmm. and i'm going to save save something for when we get to yours that i noticed when i was pouring it so you have that foggy hazy look to a beer it's kind of how you can tell the difference between a wheat a wheat beer and a hefeweizen is usually hefeweizens
1: aren't filtered okay all right so you know the the zap chips i don't know that that really that was not really meant pairing, right? It
0: actually was this week. Okay. Because the the vinegariness of the chip with that light spiciness, I think, will kind of balance that like a little sweet extra bananainess in
1: the Well beer. I was gonna say that's that's pretty much what it did. It wasn't a like like pairing, but it wasn't extremely different. But it's that saltiness and that vinegar that's on those chips. Kind of melded with it, that sweetness of the beer. Yeah,
0: and this is this would be considered an acid pairing.
1: Okay, so because yeah, okay. the
0: vinegar, the vinegar plays that acid thing. Like I saw goat cheese a lot as a pairing for bisons and I was like, oh, vinegar. We, so it's an acid pairing there. So that's why one of the reasons I was thinking of these chips plus a little, that little extra spiciness will go with the spiciness that you find in the clove and everything from the from the yeast profile. But so. These, these vice beers, or, or we, oh, why, wise beers, you, it's, you sometimes see them as wise beers, or that's a wise would be white. So the, the, the Duke's son, Maximo, the or in, the, yeah, in the 1600s, started making these style of beers. And then he decided, you know what, we, we should be able to sell these to people, and so he decided to change the law so they could sell them in public tavern. And that was kinda of when these start these styles of beers really started to hit the market around Munich. So this is kind of the area we're talking about in Germany is in Munich. And, you know, up to eighteen ten we had the first Munich beer festival, which they helped they helped kind of organize and get going.
1: But it's just this is such a good beer.
0: Have you had anything have you tried anything else with it yet?
1: Oh, I've tried the Brat and the Brat is really good. I didn't I didn't catch on to the the bacon that was in there. Is that what you said? It's bacon and cheese broth? hmm Where'd you get these? Kroger. Okay. They're a Kroger brand. And you know, traditionally, the Germans love their broths. They love their beer. So I think it's kind of a, a pairing made in heaven. hmm In a lot of ways.
0: Well, yeah, you have the, the wonderful sweetness, the, the fattiness of the pork. You have that extra salty smokiness from the bacon that's in there, from the cheesy bite to it. It really calms down the beer. You get more of the beer flavor mm-hmm. rather than the Hefeweizen flavor. You don't get, I don't get a whole lot of that banana, that cloviness. Mm-hmm. When I have it with this, I just get that good kind of malt, more malty, mm-hmm. uh, yeasty kind of flavor. These are good beers. Mm-hmm. And I love these because they're... They're traditionally light on hops. Mm-hmm. You know, IBU of this is probably around 15, 15. I didn't
1: see that in my notes, but I think you're right.
0: I mean, it, it's kind of in a, that's, they don't use a whole lot of hops because they're, they're focusing on the yeast. Mm-hmm. They're focusing on what the yeast brings to the beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really good. And so, you know, we think about trademarks all the time here in the United States. You know, Hofbrauhaus, they got their trademark in 1879. Hmm in 10 years after that, they created a new brewery and a year after they'd made their new brewery, they, you know, decided to do something really different. You know, tourism was really kind of on the rise with the upwardly mobile in the late 1700s. So they created one of the world's first public houses. Mm -hmm. So they had a restaurant, they had a place to stay Mm -hmm. and they really focused it on tours. Now, they weren't the first like ale houses, like travel houses like that, but they were some of the, they were one of the first big ones to do it as a brewery and do it just for tourism sake, not just as a need of, you know, hey, I'm the local pub in town. So I'm, I'm going to rent, I'm going to rent out some rooms. Like they made it, like it was pretty big based on some of the pictures that I saw. It kind of looked like, almost looked like a castle, mm-hmm. almost like it was the Duke's residence. And, you know, so that was, you know, 1897, and they just kept going strong from there. I'm gonna get into this burrata. Okay, because burrata is delicious. Now, for those of you who may not know what burrata is, so burrata is an Italian cheese, and (laughs) what it is is a lot of times it's like a cured cream that's in the center and wrapped around it is mozzarella cheese. So when you cut it open, it gets really like thin and creamy and really soft. So we've got some, and it's a cow's milk cheese. We've got some good olive oil, a balsamic reduction, and then speck, which is a cured Italian meat that's made from the front leg rather than the hind leg of a pig. So, and we've got some good crackers for that to go on. So this is kind of more of that nice, creamy texture oh god it's so good this is something i wish i could video <laughs> it's so delicious what you looking up
1: over there well i just kind of looking around to figure out how yours and mine are related and they didn't quite get there yours is in bavaria and so is mine right yeah
0: most of most of german beer was especially stuff that's been around for a long time is from Bavaria. It's from mm-hmm. the Bavarian region. They're kind of the, known as the brewery region of Germany. Oh, crunch, crunch, Josh. <laughs> that is good. Well, I mean, you get that like lovely taste of like mozzarella and then that extra like cream on the inside. It just, I mean, just makes it so good. That bite of the balsamic and the Lovely olivey, grassy oliviness of the olive oil. It's just
1: absolutely delicious. We may have to pause it so we can eat. Well, wow, what's wrong with that? Nothing. I'm about ready to try some of that. But that broth is really oh good. man, that's what I was jumping on.
0: Yeah. Well, I, like so the the creaminess of that just kind of softens out that beer, and you mm-hmm. get a little bit of that. You still get some of that breadiness, but that. The the spice from the yeast and everything just kind of softens out, and it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there, just kind of playing around with the with the like the creaminess of the cheese. Oh my god, that's it's really good. <laughs> Let's
1: see, how am I gonna do it? Cu-
0: I cut you off a piece right here. Oh, okay. Use your fork, and then I put a piece of speck on your plate already. Right. Here's a cracker. So explain
1: that cheese again.
0: So what it is is it's kind of like a Like a heavy, almost like a double cream that has mozzarella kind of wrapped around it to kind of make this ball. And in the middle is that creaminess. Mm. So when you kind of cut it out, you get this just, and you get the like the play of that soft versus the, you know, the more firm. It's just really good. And then the spec spec is like for Mm shooto, from my understanding, but from the front leg rather than the back leg. Uh, So it goes through some of that same kind of air drying. And, cure, and curing process, uh, but it's more of... So, for us in America, it's more of the Boston butt right. rather than the ham. Wait, okay. no. Other way around. It's more of the ham than the Boston butt. Right. Now, the only thing
1: that I got concerned about is you said Italy. What about Italy? What's wrong with Italy? Drinking German beer and you're talking about Italy. So, you have Thai food. <laughs> Don't go, oops!
2: <laughs> Don't
1: go down that road with me. <laughs> okay, he slapped. Did you hear? Did you hear that clink? That was him slapping me. But also,
0: a lot of Italian beers are wheat beers, right? So it go, I think it, that's why I kind of thought it would go really well. Plus, the creaminess it of the cheese go, go really with the well. beer. So far, that's my best on plate. And that, when you have it with the spec, and if you can't find spec, if you want to do this pairing because it's super good. Just get some prosciutto get some good good quality prosciutto and the balsamic reduction. I bought, like you don't have to take time and reduce it down yourself. You can just buy a bottle of balsamic reduction. And if you if you happen to have super old balsamic, if you just happen to have some of that like really thick old Modena, like seventeen fifty. <laughs> I mean, that's about how much a you know a a ten uh, ounce bottle will cost you. Mm-hmm. but if you have some of that really thick stuff use that because it'll also give you that just that great sweet acidic flavor i'm growing to love balsamic i didn't really care for balsamic i don't really care for vinegar mm-hmm. uh, it's just a little too sharp on my palate but you'd love these chips like i said i'm growing to like vinegar. Oh, okay well they're very vinegary mm. but mm. grassy butteriness of the olive oil Oh my gosh! If you don't, if you've been listening and you don't know, I love Italian food. I absolutely love Italian food. Right. So, what do you think of that pairing? Tell me. Tell me how. Describe so what I it didn't was use like to the you. cracker.
1: Okay. But I just used the speck, kind of wrapped around the cheese. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you got that two layers of cheese, and you got that one. I want to say ooey gooey, and then creamy ooey gooey creamy, and then you got the the outside layer is a little bit stiff, but then that balsamic reduction too. Man, it just puts it all together. And the the beer with it, I think the sweetnesses that was in the the cheese and the the olive oil and the sweetness in the beer. You know, they were like really tasty. Yeah. It now the the cracker would have added some salt to it but I don't that wouldn't have been a bad thing.
0: Well, and I don't think it would have added more noticeable salt because of the the cured meat aspect having all that saltiness mm-hmm, in it. Mm-hmm. But it just I mean, to me it it highlights the everything that makes a half of a half of Right. It highlights that that light maltiness and that really rich yeasty flavor mm-hmm. that it doesn't it it lets you know that banana's there but it doesn't mm-hmm. like come out and make it punchier to the face you have that spiciness of the mm-hmm. clove in there i mean that's just absolutely delicious mm-hmm. but as you're getting into that and getting into the cake a little bit more about the brewery itself or the the company itself we talked about the trademark and their new their new facility and having that first like big restaurant public house kind of feel well we can't talk about german german beer without talking about world war ii In 1944, the Hoffer House Brewery and Public House was bombed. You Mm. know, it it hit during the bombing, some of the bombing in 1944. By the end of the war, all that was left was a little bit of the, a small portion of the tap room. Oh, my. So everything else was really destroyed. And, you know, they went ahead and, you know, started rebuilding and started Mm -hmm. rebrewing because in 1950 was the first time that they ever made an Oktoberfest. Oh really? Yeah. So they didn't make one until 1950. They just they just held on to their their original their Hefeweizen and their Dunkel, which are the big you know those are their three that you can find year round. And they have some other seasonals, but they, according to this, they didn't brew one until 1950. And then in 1997, when on their hundred years of that hundred year anniversary year of that public house and and brewery space is when they came to the United States. Oh, okay. So they did not come until 19, until 1977. So what is that? 40? 40, it's 43.
1: 50? 43,
0: 44. Yeah. So, it, I mean, they've only, they haven't, for German beers in the United States, You know, they really haven't been in the United States for very long. but And I think this is a sleeper, because I don't think a lot of people, I think actually both of these are probably sleepers when it comes to German beer. Because a lot of people, when they, go to the, when they go and they think about German beer, we think of, you know, Stiegel, Einger, Paul Meyer, right.
1: Spaten, Right.
0: Those type of guys. But, you know, these have been going just as long or longer and make fantastic beer.
1: Like they had. You lock your head on your beer like I
0: that? I don't. I'm <laughs> talking and pouring a beer <laughs> while I can barely see my glass uh-huh. because of the microphone. But speaking of glassware, you know, right. these are traditionally poured in a, we think of it as a Pilsner glass. Exactly. So kind of the, the vase-shaped ones, mm-hmm. but sometimes Pilsner's glass, Pilsner glasses will bulbous at the top, mm-hmm. where these are just kind of come up and do the straight, mm-hmm. the straight flat. So I, I know from some of the, I have, I've never been to Germany from- It's on your list, right? It's definitely on my list. my on mine too. Well, don't forget to eat the cake, by the way. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but when I've talked to people about their trips to Germany, when they go to brew houses and they have like taps on the table or taps just, you know, in there, there's always It It is one of those standard beers that's always going to be there because, you know, it's, it's, it shows off. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're, I mean, I love them. I think they're, I think they're really good.
1: It's a beer that we don't think of that
0: often. No, we don't, because we think of just, we think of wheat beers, mm-hmm. but we don't think of Hefeweizens, unless you're going to like a German, a German beer hall
1: or a German beer place. Well, actually, an Oktoberfest is not a Hefeweizen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No. It's a Marzen. Right. Yeah, so it's a completely different style
0: of beer. Right. That tastes good. Which I'm so excited. It's it's Oktoberfest season. They're starting to roll in, and I am very, very excited. Mm-hmm. I think I have four different types at my house right now. And you ate, and you drank some of my Hunter last
1: night. You know, it was there for the taking, so mm-hmm. you said yeah. it was okay. I wouldn't yell. I don't think I'm a struggle best on plate, Josh. I think I got <laughs> I think I got it figured.
0: Well, talk to us about the cake.
1: The cake and the sweetness. I love the cake by itself. But as far as the cake with this beer, they don't off they don't uh make the beer turn sour or anything like that. But the cake is much sweeter than the beer. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. It's just not that perfect pairing. It kind of dulls the beer
2: Mm -hmm.
0: a little bit. It kind of takes that. It kind of, it kind of does the same, almost does the same thing as the the brat did just to a further extent, you know,
1: completely different
0: kind of takes, well, no, I think it does the same thing, but it just takes it farther. Yeah, the cake. Right. It, it takes it down to where it's really just, you know, that just kind of like cooking bread and a little bit of malt. Mm-hmm. Like, the flavor is good, but it's not, like, it's not really exciting. Like, All I right. would drink this if it was offered to me, but it wouldn't be my choice for what to eat with this, or what to drink with this cake. Right. What would you drink with this guy? Champagne? Well, always, but... Yeah. In the beer world, probably more of a, uh, barrel-aged, a barrel-aged stout or some kind of imperial. Oh, okay. that has got... You can inher- go with that chocolate? Inherently more sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anything else about Hofbrauhaus or... I've got a little bit more to talk about Hefeweizens, but I can, I'm going to talk about that with when oh, we're okay. going into your beer. Anything else you want to
1: ask me before No, we... I,
0: like, I like the whole story. Before we switch over?
1: No. Good story. Or I'll let you enter in later. Anytime you want to.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and switch over. So, Dad, remind us what your beer is and what your pairings are.
1: So, it... And I don't know that I'm... <laughs> you know, the pronunciation police are probably listening and they're going to say he said it wrong. Because the, the O in the title of this beer, K-O... N-I-G, has the two little dots on it. Has the um, Oon so, so it's Oon. So it's kunick Ludwig, Weissbeer, or Weissbeer. And then my pairings, I have the pretzel, the mustard pretzel. And he, he already made fun of the Pad Thai, but... I'll I explain, didn't make fun I'll make, of it. I'll make, I'll make an explanation mm-hmm. here in a minute. And then the brats with caramelized onions. We do- both did brats. And I think what we were doing... Because both of us were thinking, okay, these are German beers, or what food are we going to have with our German beers? Okay, we both said, hmm, rocks. So the thing I thought about Pad Thai was a spicy Pad Thai obviously could go with, you know, a Japanese beer. I thought it would go very well with this Pad Thai, the wheat beer, and we'll find out. So, any particular order you want to eat this in? Well, I, I think the pretzel probably should be first, and then you can choose between the brat or the pad thai, doesn't matter. And I have mustard with the pretzel. All right, let's dig in. All right. So, while you're digging in, I'll start with the story. So, His Royal Highness Lupold Prince of Bavaria is the famous great-grandson of the last king of Bavaria, Ludwig III. He is, however, by no means the first in the family devoted to the art of brewing. So these guys started brewing in
0: 1260.
1: Wow. About the same date as the Hofbrauhaus. No,
0: not 1260.
1: When was the Hofbrauhaus?
0: It said 1580s.
1: Oh, oh, okay.
0: I mean, I'm sure the family may have been brewing, but they didn't really get into it until the
1: 1500s. But it, yeah, it was it was, it was uh, founded in Munich in 1260 by Ludwig the Stern. Ludwig the Stern? Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, probably not funny to him, but uh, I'm sure he would.
0: Well, I'm sure he liked it because he was probably ruling it with an
1: iron fist, and that's why they called him the Stern. Probably. And then, when you were talking about Oktoberfest, I was over here doing a little snickering in a way because what happened was the marriage of the young crown prince, later King Ludwig I, and Princess Theus, I'm going to destroy this name, Therese of uh, Schichten Hilberghausen. On a huge meadow outside of the city walls of Munich on October 17th, 1810. This is when they had first, like, Oktoberfest. Okay. A traditional costume party took place in 1835, which was the silver anniversary of Ludwig the I and his bride. So, that's when they started Oktoberfest. That's cool. It is. I, I thought so. And now to this day, every year. But I think in Germany, in Germany it continues on the first Sunday of Wissen and has become one of the highlights of Oktoberfest as well. I think they actually started in September. Oh, yeah. So this first Sunday might be the first Sunday of September.
0: Well, it also may be the first Sunday of October where it kind of starts to end.
1: Well, maybe. I, because
0: uh, Oktoberfest usually takes place near the end of September because you're celebrating that you've, that, you've, that you've made it to October. Correct. And after you have this big party, that's when you go to harvest in October. And it says there's over 6 million people. At Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At Munich's Oktoberfest is on my bucket list, but once, you know, everything, the world settles down. So this beer smells a lot sweeter than, yeah, mine. It does. It has some of the same, like, fruity notes, but it's not. It smells just more tropical, whereas the Hofbrauhaus, like, smells like banana to me. Like, I get a lot of, like, tropical fruity notes, but I'm having a hard time, like, picking it out. Mm -hmm. Besides just knowing that I should be smelling banana kind of thing. And it's not quite as... Not quite as like baking spice driven. What do you smell? I I haven't
1: really. I've been looking at my nose. You get more. You get more sweetness. You said yes on this one. than on the nose, it's interesting because it's a different sweetness, right? It's more of a sweetness compared to the banana sweet that we that we smelled with the first one. Isn't that right?
0: Isn't that right. And I, so what I was saying was, I think this one smells just more tropical, mm-hmm. whereas the Hofbrauhaus smells very distinctly like banana. Oh, okay. To me. Like very ripe banana. This just has a tropical kind of smell to it. And, you know, you still have that nice little multi-backbone, but it's light and easy drinking on the palate. On the palate, you get uh, some of those same notes mm-hmm. that you do on the nose in the beer, it's mm-hmm. good. I mean, as you can tell, I'm almost halfway done. <laughs> That's the thing about Hefeweizen's for me is I can drink them very, very easily.
1: Well, and they're not real high in alcohol, but... Yeah, yours is 5.5, five, right? 5.5, five, yeah. So now, Warsteiner is on this website. So, Warsteiner has a list of beers, and then they have what they call the partner... Brands, which is this beer and some others.
0: So it's probably like we've talked about with Budweiser before, right? You have Budweiser has their beers, and then they have ones that they are kind of under the umbrella, but they still are independent. But they have the
1: the resources and the reach of Budweiser. They make a I don't know why they do this, but other than everybody does it, they have a premium, fresh, alcohol-free beer. Well, that's the... Because everybody's doing it. No. Now, I can't imagine the Germans going, going out and drinking much of that. Now, they have this same beer, but it's... Uh, the label is almost identical, but it says Cognac Ludwig Westmire Hell. A hells. It's so a So yes. Hell's is a is a type of beer. Mm-hmm. Usually a little bit of a heavier style. So and what it says is it's from the originators of the Bavarian Purity Law 1516 in the founding family of the Oktoberfest. I thought that's what I had gotten, but it wasn't. No, you got
0: the You got the West beer, which actually on the back it says the Royal Bavarian Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because something about, you know, I was reading this in my research about hefeweizens. you know, these, these Weiss beers are sometimes synonymous with hefeweizen, mm-hmm. depending on what region you're from mm-hmm. or where it is. And sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes they're a completely separate beer that's not characterized by the yeast. But this one is definitely characterized by the yeast. And here's the thing about this beer. You can definitely tell it's unfiltered because when you get to the bottom, it starts having those dead yeast in it. Starts having that kind of yeasty little bottom to it, which there are some beer drinkers that say that say when you get to that, you're supposed to stop and not pour them into your glass to drink. Right. I, I like it. I think it adds an extra depth and dimension to the beer,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I also like that leesy, which we talked about with wine. Remember, which we instead use in that yeah. leesy flavor that you get. And to me, if it's in the bottle, I think you should weird. be pouring it in your glass. Right, and you can choose at that point whether to drink it or not. Exactly. When you get down to it, at the bottom. So, how did the pretzel go for you? Because I know you, I did not use the mustard, and I know you did.
1: So. The mustard is sweet, and so that sweetness with with the pretzel seemed to add to the sweetness of the beer. I mean, it didn't make it more sweet. It just had kind of a sweet, sweet with it. Mm-hmm. And the bread itself, a wheat beer is the bread of life, right? So, the pretzel's bread. Yeah.
0: It didn't, to me, it, just the pretzel by itself didn't do much. Hmm. Except for the salt. Well... See, it didn't really do much. Still, even the so- for me who so I don't have, I don't have a sauce with my pretzel, so it's just it's very copacetic. Like mm-hmm. the pretzel tastes good; mm-hmm. it's got it, you know, that good, you know, wheat kind of flavor. It's not really a malty pretzel, and and so it just kind of washed away and kind of got lost in the beer. Now, if it was a more malty pretzel which I've had before, that just have that little bit more malty flavor. Mm-hmm. It may have done something different. but yeah. And that's why I was curious how it did with the with the mustard and so on, because I think that would have been. And I tasted it with the olive oil, because mm. I've got still, still some olive oil over here. And it just went really, really grassy. The olive oil just kind of mm. took over too much. And I think the, the pretzel soaked up so much olive oil that it was just, really grassy because this is a good like Italian olive oils, which are characterized by grass. Mm -hmm. But I think it's been really good. And I've been eating on the pad thai and the pad thai goes really, that peanut, that peanut flavor from pad thai goes, goes really, really well with this beer. The spice level is not too high. You have just some like some kind of like that sweet soy peanut kind of flavor goes really well with this. It calms down that sweetness. I think this, this spice level, calms it down and that nuttiness kind of gives it a little bit of an extra backbone that it, the beer itself doesn't have just
1: based on how it's made. Uh-huh. Cuz it's you know at least 50% wheat. Well, that's kind of what I was hoping would happen with the pad thai. And I didn't I didn't want any more I mean you could I could order the pad thai. I got it at Payway which is just down the street from here. And I'm sure I could have ordered it with much much more spice. But I know both of us would have not really needed that. <laughs> you would have been okay with it. Well, I, would have died. I, I have ordered it to the point where it like way too hot even for me. Oh, wow. But that pe- I think that peanut that's in there, just like you said, goes really well with a wheat beer. And that's what I was hoping for. Yeah.
0: Well, and I just tried some of the Hofbrauhaus with it because I was very curious what the peanut would do. Mm. It makes it just taste like peanut butter. Mm.
1: Like a sweeter style peanut butter. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Well, I don't have any Norwegian goat cheese. <laughs> no, it doesn't taste like
0: that. <laughs> it does not taste like Yai Toast. That would be an interesting pairing, though. The mm-hmm. Yai Toast. But Yai Toast is a little bit more caramely. Mm-hmm. Caramely peanut. Right. Than, I, don't know, think it, I don't think it would go quite as well.
1: Well, oh, if you I go said. to the Warsteiner website to their brewery, you see they must take you on huge tours because they got all these tour buses, and they've been doing this since seventeen fifty three, and so it's like the ninth generation of the Kramer clan that that is doing this, and I think, that, you know. That just doesn't happen in the United States. There is no such thing as nine generations of a brewery in the United States, and they talk about. I mean, the- have we
0: even got to nine generations in the United States in general?
1: <laughs> Probably not, but uh, you know, they talk about the soft water. Doesn't say where they get the soft water. I'm sure it's just their, their local aquifer. Yeah, discovery of the Quisson Queen, and Quila. A natural reserve of extra soft water.
0: So, let me ask. In
1: the Emsberg Forest. So, quok. Is quok German or is it Belgian? I think it's German. No, I think it's Belgian. Is it Belgian? No, it's Belgian. Okay. Why, does this remind you of it? I haven't, I don't think I've ever had quok. Because I think by the time
0: I got old enough to drink, it was no longer sold in Arkansas. No, and if I, I had, it we was... we
1: had it at one of our... Oh,
0: well, no, we did. We did.
1: tastings. Uh, but
0: one of our actual events. Mm-hmm. But that was so long ago, mm-hmm. I don't remember it. It was probably a more Belgian ale style. I wonder how these kind of compare to the Belgian Wits. These beers? Yeah. Because, you know, that's the Belgian wheat beer, the Belgian Wit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to think of, you know, like St. Bernardus does a wit. I don't think Chamen does one. Duval Duval Isn't Duval yeah. a wit? Yeah. So I mean, these are you know, these are nice, light, easy drinking beers, and I can see how this tradition was very easily remade in the United States. because if you think about, you know, most of the old-school breweries mm-hmm. in the United States are from German heritage. Correct, Coors. Well, not just Coors, but I mean, even if you think like up in up in the Minnesota area, mm-hmm. where you have Schlitz was up there, Miller started there. Who else? There, I mean, just the bunch of those. They're they're all from Bavaria. I mean, even even Budweiser mm-hmm. traces its roots back to Bavaria. Oh, they do, yeah. And so, when you think about America and what we have, a lot of especially in the Midwest, is we have a lot of wheat. Mm-hmm. And so this, I can, I can understand why most of American beer is built on wheat beers. Right. And then the, But the lagering style is kind of what makes, it, what makes it a little bit different. So have you had your, the brat and Onion yet?
1: I haven't. Uh, have you?
0: I'm letting my mouth calm down a little bit from that Pad thai. Oh, from the Pad thai. This is really good, but it's starting to light
1: up my mouth a little bit. Oh, I got cake on my fork. <laughs> oh darn. So this is a shout out brat because we shouted out port swing farms when we did some minute cheese. Oh, that's right. Well now they're raising hogs. So you can get the brats, you can get pork chops, you can get sausage. So we got these brats from them and they're really good. And then I just caramelized some onions to go with them. So I'm going to put some of those with mine. So I cook my,
0: when I cook mine broths, I just cook them in the pan. A cast iron pan and sear them off,
1: finish them in the oven. How do you cook yours? So the way I cook mine is I take butter and however much onion I'm using, I'm be sure I got enough butter for the onion. And then caramelize the onion. So that's going to take 20 minutes. At least. At least. And then when you get that good and caramelized, then you pour in your beer and let that start boiling. And then you put your broths in. And so you cook them in the beer for about 30 minutes. Okay. And then I finish them off on a charcoal grill. Okay. And the grill is just for really kind of a little that's bit of flavor and marks. just for getting the char. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's kind of how... That makes sense.
1: Of how it's a little bit different. What beer did you use for these, Honey Bop. Okay, cool. I mean, you can use any beer you want to, but but you probably don't want to use a you know a barrel aged or something like that. Well, yeah, that would just cook
0: down way too far. You'd want to use a just some kind of lighter style. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest using these beers because you know nowadays they're a little bit more expensive mm-hmm. on the market. I think my six pack of Hopper House was like.
1: Either between ten and twelve dollars. I didn't even notice. That's probably what mine was. But I think you had something else to say about the purity law.
0: Well, no, not about the purity law. It was about the, the yeast at the bottom. So when I was pouring yours, this is definitely an unfiltered beer because I got down to the bottom, mm-hmm. and I noticed that there was a little bit of sediment down there, and so I swished it around and kind of and kind of poured it out. And that's the, that's the thing about Hefeweissens is a lot of times they're bottle conditioned, which means that extra, yeasty, that extra yeast is not filtered out and it's put into the bottle. And the bottles are sat for a little bit mm-hmm. before they go to market. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives it that extra yeasty flavor. And what makes a hefeweizen a hefeweizen exactly. versus just a Weissbier or, or a WIT? So to have it in there, to me, is a good thing. Oh, yeah. It's a great thing. I mean, I even think, you know, Lost 40's look-see and I think it is. They've got, I don't think they filter it. Now, some places do filter it. Well, but what they'll do is they'll condition it, like barrel condition it, or mm-hmm. when I say barrel, I'm talking like stainless steel barrels. Oh, okay. Condition it there and then filter it out for easier, you know, easier canning and processing production. And you know, here in the United States a lot of people don't like that when they see that sedimenty, yeasty
1: fil- uh, you know, not clear beer kind of thing going on. Well, some breweries bottle condition. Yeah. And as a home brewer, you're you're really bottle conditioning. If you're if you're bottling your beer and you're putting that little bit of yeast back into the bottle mm-hmm. to have it build up a little carbonation. Mm-hmm that's what you're really doing. And I assume they're not bottle conditioned, but I assume they have enough of that of that wheat left and yeast left that when they bottle it it's just something naturally goes in there.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of what they mean with beer, because most of the time if you're adding in live yeast mm-hmm. Your your bottles are your glass bottles are going to explode mm-hmm. most of the time, especially beer bottles because you mm-hmm. know we talk about it when it comes to champagne, but those bottles are very very different. Oh, they're much different than beer bottles. bottles. So I think that conditioning is they may put it in there when the yeast is not all the way dead, right? So it's just a little bit, just a little bit more, and you know the Hofbra House still has, I mean that little that second pour still has head on it. Mm-hmm. So they have a little bit more of that carbonation going on. Well, Dan is there... So
1: even with the purity law, what yeast they ended up with gets used... It's produced in that first batch. And maybe it's from the air originally. But it gets transferred to subsequent batches, thus giving the yeast more permanent character. And so... I think in later years, you know, the the Germans, of course, realized they needed yeast, and they started using cultured yeast, even though that's technically not part of the purity law. Well, yeah. I read that it was uh, revised and more liberal in 1993, but I couldn't see, I couldn't tell what they actually changed it to.
0: I could see them changing malted, or I could see them changing barley to grain, mm-hmm. and then adding
1: yeast. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, is there anything else you want to tell us about your beer before we head to the blind?
1: Well, I really like both of these beers.
0: Oh yeah, so we got to do best on plate, and then we're we can...
1: gonna do best on plate. All right, but uh, so which would you choose of these two beers? Yours or mine, or does it really matter? If I'm going for a Hefeweizen, I'm going to go for the
0: Hofbrauhaus. It's a little less sweet. It's a little bit more, it has more texture in the mouth. Mm -hmm. So that's why I would go with that one. What about you?
1: I liked yours very well too, but both of them were good. And I think either one of these, now I don't know if the listeners realized, if they listened closely to last week, they will notice that we're not drinking the beer that I said I was going to get. Right. And what happened was, it's not in the state of Arkansas. (laughs) But it's a very, you know, there's so many on the market that I think you can just choose which one you think is best. Right. And you could do a drink off, a water off. But the thing that you're going to have to realize is, depending on what food you have... It's going to change it. It's going to change it. Yeah. And it's like you said... The Pad Thai mm-hmm. goes better with the beer I chose. Yeah. And I didn't realize that, but I'm happy it did. So what do you got best on plate?
0: So uh, best on your plate to me was the Pad Thai. Okay. The brats were really good. They were just, to me, with this beer, they lacked
1: a little fat. With both beers? With your beer. With my beer. They, they lacked a little fat. What about you? Uh, the Pad Thai. I love pad Thai anyway, yeah. And and whether I was drinking a, you know, a Japanese wine or or a Japanese mm-hmm. beer or this beer, I don't know that it mattered. The pad Thai was really a good pick. Okay, turned out. And then, I think we're going to be matchy this week.
0: What was your favorite on my plate? That
1: a <laughs> Thai <laughs> the burrata.
0: <laughs> yeah, that little burrata plate, was that was spectacular. With, it was pretty much lights out. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the ones that, like, it was that pairing that you, you kind of dream about where one's good, the other's good, but when you put them together, they create something mm-hmm. brand new, and it's, it's super exciting and delicious. Exactly. All right, well, are you ready to head up into the blind? Yes, I am. All right, I'm so excited about this one. I'll get it poured up. All right, Dad, I've got to pour it up. Go for it. I'm super excited about this one. Okay, so it's got a little orange color to it. Not
1: any head whatsoever, Josh.
0: No. It's kind of of almost like salmon pink, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Orange, salmon pink. So what do you smell on it? I'm smelling fruit. I want to say raspberry. Not boysenberry, not strawberry. I think it's raspberry. Any other fruit? I don't know. You're the one blinding it. Right. I'm blind.
0: All right. Well, you say you smell raspberry. Give it a taste. See what you think. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's
1: it's a fruit beer. Okay. Okay. We're going to go with that right now. So it's not a Pilsner. It's a fruit beer. It's fruit-driven. It's not malt-driven. It's not hop-driven. Hops is really non-existent on it. The malt. I'm sure there had to be malt in here. But it's in the background as well. hmm So let's see. I'm gonna work on this some more. Doesn't have the color for blueberry or boysenberry. Okay. And really not raspberry. Raspberry's got that pink kind of red color. Well, you can get black raspberries. But I think okay.
0: You think that's the only thing you're tasting I'm is taking, raspberry?
1: Well, I don't... That's that's what's worrying me, because I think there's other stuff there. Okay. So, I was just down at Flyway when I got this pretzel, and I should have took an inventory of all their different beers. Okay. Because they have a Flyway... Is it a blueberry? They have a blueberry wheat beer. Mm-hmm. So... I don't get the texture. Of course, we didn't talk about texture on, on the wheat. This has a really, this beer has a really light texture. So, talk about how
0: else it tastes. You said that you get fruit. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that's going on
1: with this beer? Well, fruit? I think it's got some sour to it. Okay. Okay, so it's got some sour. So...
0: No, 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 no. You cannot Google. You cannot Google beers during a blind. That's cheating.
1: You made up a new rule?
0: No. Is it's that the point always of it been, being blind? Has you that always been a rule? You can't look it up while you're <laughs> tasting it. So you're tasting sour. You're okay. tasting raspberry. I am. I don't. It's, Are you, you tasting know. anything else? Could there be something else in here? Does it taste like sour raspberries, or is there are there other flavors that could be intermingled in there, maybe from the citrus family? No, uh, there probably could be. Like what?
1: Like what? Now I'm going to have to take another
0: swig. You got four options. Three options. I'll make it even. You got lime, lemon, and orange. Lime, lemon, or orange? Or more than just one. So,
1: of those options, I'd say orange. Okay. Orange. And definitely based on the color. See, the raspberry. Okay. So, I have no clue what kind of orange beer. there could be. Just hold on. Don't go
0: there yet. Talk about what you're tasting. You were going somewhere with the orange and the raspberry. Continue down that path. You're about to say something.
1: I'm running out of beer.
0: I got another can I can pour up if <laughs> I need to.
1: Oh, go get it.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pour it into my glass and pour it into yours from there. I okay, see. so you've said, hold on. Just, just let's walk through this. Are there any other citrus flavors besides orange in here? Is orange really sour? I agree that there's orange and raspberry, but there's something else that's kind of missing that you, that you need to think about. Well. It's still in the citrus family.
1: Yeah, lemon and lime. Lemon more than any would be sour. And I am getting sour.
0: Okay, so. So. Stop for a second. Lemon, orange,
1: Ooh. raspberry. Is
0: there something in the world that has those flavors all together
1: in one? Can I go it? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, raspberry, orange, and lemon
0: beer. Okay, so. I didn't say anything about beer. Oh. <laughs> oh, here we go.
1: Okay. Here we go.
0: Okay, so you've got these flavors. Mm-hmm. So, it, you said this is not a wheat beer. You said it is not a an IPA, it's not hop-based, it's not a stout or a dark beer, it's not.
1: Sunder. So what's left? So we're leaning over toward cider. Mm-hmm. Does it taste like a cider, dad? No.
0: Then what's the other type of beer we got? We did a whole episode on them. So, sorry. No, God! <laughs> what?
1: Oh man! I see. I get all nervous. Okay. And all shake. right. I'm so, shaking.
0: make a guess.
1: Make no, a guess. What I'm do you not, think it is? I'm not ready yet. <laughs> we did a whole episode. Yes, a whole episode. You
0: said that this is kind of sour.
1: Yeah, we did sour beers.
0: Okay, Yeah. so you think this is a sour beer. Is this a sour beer? Yeah. Okay, there you go. It's a sour.
1: It's a sour.
0: Okay, now where do you think it's from? Or what, what fruits do you think this is a sour of?
1: Well, like I said, I think there's raspberry. I think there's maybe orange and maybe lemon. Okay, so do you want to make a guess at who makes it? Who makes a sour?
0: You don't have to because remember we talked about this. You don't have to get down to brewery level. Because you, you've made a claim that this is a a sour, it's a sour ale, and its fruits are raspberry,
1: orange, and lemon. I'm going to stick with, I can't think of who the brewery could be. Okay. Well, I'm going to stick with it. it's a sour beer made with raspberry, lemon, maybe some orange.
0: Okie dokie. And let's see. Let me th- I thought you said you weren't going to say.
1: Well, I should know.
0: I don't think I'm not sure if you've ever had this beer before. You may have had it once when I brought it over,
1: but I'm not sure if you've ever had it. Okay. I'm just gonna stick with the it's a sour beer that has, you know, fruit, raspberry. All right.
0: Orange so lemon. It's a fruit sour beer. Right. And we'll find out next week if he's right or if he's wrong, and we'll all figure out where it's from. And what makes it? It is going to be exciting to reveal this one to you guys. I'm so excited. I'm so so excited for this one. But next, speaking of next week, we're doing liquors. We're doing Italian liquor. (laughs) You just stole what I was going to say. Okay. But we're in a ramp-up mode for Dad because Dad is about to leave for Italy here in a couple, three or four weeks. From when we're recording this. So our next three episodes are all going to have to do with Italian stuff. So next week we're doing Italian liquors. It's going to be great. Dad, what are you doing with you, as your Italian liquor?
1: Limoncello.
0: Limoncello. That's going to be fantastic. And I'm going to be doing Tuca. 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 It's a, it's a, a, Tuscan, it's a Tuscan liquor. Um, and if I can't find it, I'm going to be doing Aperol. So back I've on. got a backup just in case. So it's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a really good time. And, you know, just like this one, this was a great little episode, Dad. Yeah, it was. All right. So come back next week and find out if Dad was correct or if he was incorrect with his, his guests and just come start learning about some more Italian liquors as we're moving forward. And, you know, we loved it. You guys listen to us. Feel free to give us a follow on any of the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter most active on Instagram. We are at acquired tastings on all platforms, except Twitter. We are at acquired tasting on Twitter. If you like what we're doing. Give us a follow, a like, or whatever your podcast platform whatever. does. Cause we're out there. Give us a review and some five stars. If you like what we're doing. And if you want to reach out and chat with us, that's not on a social media platform you can send us an email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So once again, it's been a great episode. And I'm Josh Mills.
1: And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.